There is a shift in the real estate industry with the passing of the guard and the ultimate winners are the consumers. This is an exploration of the foundation of this change and why buyers and sellers are voting with their wallets and choosing to work with the new school agents. In a fast changing, fast moving industry and market like Toronto real estate, change is taking place right before our eyes. Today, we will discuss this change and why consumers are moving to work with newer school realtors who can better serve their needs. And welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Podcast. Today, we're delving into this compelling issue. Why are some very tenured realtors often labeled as becoming dinosaurs in the real estate industry? Our discussion will cover their challenges with embracing new technology and digital strategies, sticking to traditional methods in a rapidly evolving market, and the gap in understanding the needs of the younger generation of home buyers and sellers. We'll also touch on how these factors play into home staging and the overall client experience, exploring the implications for their place in today's demanding and fast-paced Toronto real estate market. My name is Corey Marin. I am a broker and the co-founder at Fox Marin, and this is my partner in crime, Ralph Fox, broker of record and co-founder at Fox Marin 2. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are pumped to do this podcast together, old school, Ralph and myself, and we'll jump right into the topics to hopefully add some value to what you're looking for when you're hiring an agent in today's marketplace. Ralph, do you want to add anything before we jump in? No, I think this is a great topic. Very spontaneously, this came up in conversation earlier today with somebody about uh, an older agent that they were working with and their unwillingness to spend any money on their marketing. So I thought to myself, that's a sign that this is going to be a great conversation for today. And uh, hopefully uh, some of our viewers can get some benefit from what we're going to talk about. And I love when I ask you, Ralph, do you have anything else you'd like to add? You always go, no, but, and then you talk for a while. This exactly. is a common thing I've noticed. Exactly. Well, I'm <laughs> glad to see you're paying attention and I'm staying true to form, which is really what matters most. It's been only been a decade or so, but I'm catching on, right? Yeah. yeah. Who's counting? No, no, we have no idea. <laughs> okay. okay, 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 okay. So let's start talking about this resistance towards technology. So the adaptation or the adoption of new technologies. So slower to embrace, you know, new tools like virtual home staging or um, DocuSign, Broker Bay, Zoom, or other types of online meetings. Uh, Google reviews and AI tools. So let's start there. So I definitely think this is an area where some agents are resistant to change, especially those that have been in the business for a long period of time, or those who perhaps did not grow up with the information age in the some ways that newer generations have. And it can be difficult and challenging to overcome these particular tools, which often service the best interest of the client. So examples would be for sure, and we've definitely seen this, things like electronic signature. So DocuSign. This is a swift way for home buyers and sellers to sign documents in real time using their email signature. You can transition documents back and forth and make changes and make edits in real time versus the old school way, which I hate to admit it, Ralph, we used to do this ourselves where we have to do everything in person before legislation was passed to permit electronic signature. And in fact, back in the old school days, we would do everything on paper, hard copy version, and we would have to meet clients in person. 
then we'd have to get signatures, then we would have to go to like a Kinko's, and then we'd have to scan it. Or even older school, we would have to fax it back and forth, and then lo and behold, you'd miss an initial, or you'd miss a signature on page number 10, and then you'd have to get back in your car, and then drive across the city, get the signature, drive back to Kinko's, and then hope the scanning machine was working. So electronic signature has really changed the way that we can negotiate, because we can do everything swifter, faster, cleaner, and we can respond to things in real time. And so any agents out there that aren't using a system like DocuSign are really stuck in the dark ages and aren't able to respond in a timely manner. So I think that's a huge one. Well, I just think it's really cool that we could actually talk about what it was like to be in the business in those circumstances. There's a lot of newer agents who are out there who take all of this for granted. So uh, we definitely saw the old school way of doing business, but I guess because of our youth, uh, we were able to pivot or transfer pretty quickly onto uh, embracing technology. And that's only going to continue. The pace is only going to continue to quicken. A lot of agents are going to get left behind as they're slowing to adopt. And consumers are just going to require more and more and more from their agents. 100%. Broker Bay is another tool. So Broker Bay, for those listening, this is our online booking system and it's integrated with MLS. And this is a way for agents to communicate or I guess brokerages to communicate with other brokerages and agents to use it as a tool to book the showings for you, to check out properties, to check out how many registered offers might be perhaps registered associated to that MLS number. It's a way for us to leave feedback for one another. It's a system of communication between agents and brokerages. And if you're not using Broker Bay as a tool, I actually don't even know how you manage your life because that means you're probably picking up the phone old school style, speaking of old school, and booking your appointments over the phone. And then that gets very difficult to get your confirmation, access information, and perhaps there might not be a record online of you with a book showing So perhaps if there is a registered offer or a bully offer on a property, you might not be notified electronically as Broker Bay spits out this information to all the agents that have booked appointments or have shown interest in the property. So it's a great way to protect buyers and sellers out there by keeping a record of everything using technology. I think the other thing that's really interesting as well is there's a lot of real-time data. Like some of the problems with the information that comes out by TREB is is that uh, it's past data. So you have to wait to a certain point in the middle of the month before you get the preceding month's data. Mm -hmm. And even then, there are certain metrics that can be questionable. But if you can utilize some of the data that Broker Bay provides, you can see how many showings uh, are going into the system and you can start to see activity in a much different way prior in advance of even looking at offers or sale prices or solds, you're able to see activity fluctuating. And in a downward market, you'll definitely see that activity fluctuating beyond seasonal. So there's a lot of data that also becomes available with a lot of these tools that really help the consumer or your client when you're able to pass on this information real time to them that a lot of agents don't even know exists, let alone have access to it. Let's speak quickly to online meetings and why they're so important now. So obviously, we all adopted to Zoom and other online meeting tools during COVID because there was no other way to communicate with people. I mean, there was. You could use the phone. Let's get real here. But like, I'm talking about having a structured meeting or presentation or sharing notes or ideas or brainstorming or getting a whole team onto something. This is something that we all really had to adopt during 
COVID if you had the ability to adapt to new technologies. And I would say that we use this system more so than ever before because of COVID as a way for us to have weekly check-ins with our clients, to have introductory meetings with clients. And again, it just makes everything swifter and easier for everyone involved if they can have a face-to-face meeting without having to necessarily get in their car, drive across the city, find a parking spot, go up 20 flights of stairs to find an office, to meet with people. Like this is an easy way for us personally to build rapport with new clients or existing clients, have a touch base and keep everything really personable. And we can still see their faces and their responses and read their body language and all that awesome stuff, which is really important in the relationships we have with our clients. But again, we're saving time for everybody and Everyone can still wear their sweatpants and be totally comfortable, which I'm always very aligned with the comfy, cozy, casual look all year round. Are you wearing sweatpants right now? I'm actually not. I'm wearing tights. I won't show because I have to lift my leg, but I am wearing tights. I remember you were a trendsetter because we were one of the first people when COVID hit to be doing Zoom calls and we were actually doing updates to our entire network. And it was pretty fun back then, not knowing what we were doing and having a hundred <laughs> people tune in. And I remember for some reason you had to stand up in the middle and you were wearing your sweatpants and everyone <laughs> saw, and you were probably the first person for that to happen to live on camera. So uh, <laughs> bless you for that, but you definitely were uh, a trendsetter in the COVID Zoom look. Which was oh my gosh. Quite, quite something to be held. Well, I've always been very good at my schlep looks, always having taught fitness and been a dancer for a long time. So schlep is just part of the fabric of my fashion look. And I remember when we did those- earth, Corey. It makes you approachable. It does make me approachable. And just, well, I remember when we went for coffee for the first time and I was wearing a hoodie. Oh, the green hoodie. This green hoodie and like tights and running shoes or whatever and a baseball hat. And you asked me, you said, are you going to wear that outside? I'm like, this is like how I dress every day. Like, I was just like, yeah. um, yes. And you were just so shocked that any girl seemed so okay with just walking around looking like they well, rolled out of bed. I think you had bed. to put up because it was raining or something. So well, I had to protect the hair, which is exactly. always key. And any woman that's listening to this will understand how important it is to protect their blowouts. So yes. anyways, and I Any just man with a woman in their lives with excessive amounts of <laughs> hair volume will understand exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> what? I would also like to add that since we've met, you have really, really introduced the hoodie, track pant, sneaker look a lot more since the me since we met. Just saying, well, I, I blame it on the COVID. <laughs> okay, let's just tie up yeah. this concept of adopting new technologies. Okay. So, really important would be online reviews, specifically Google reviews. I think older generation of agents do not know what an important tool or asset this is for their business and how much confidence this gives potential buyers and sellers and renters about the potential real estate agent they are going to hire. Most buyers or clients are doing their due diligence up front and they are sleuthing the World Wide Web for all the tidbits about their potential agent. And so if you just don't have those testimonials out there, you are not serving yourself agents. And you're also not serving the consumer because they want to get to kind of know you, know, like, and trust you just a little bit before they reach out. So this is a really huge asset for everyone involved. And I think a lot of older school agents have a hard time reaching out to people and making that kind of request. Ralph, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, No, but here's what I'll tell you. Yes, of course. No, but... Wanted to keep consistent. 
people look for social proof. If somebody says, yes, I know a hairstylist uh, that would do a great job for you, the first thing they would do before calling the salon is look them up. Same thing with, uh, with agents. And so being able to have that social proof is really, really important to the consumer because this is a very significant transaction they're considering making. And it's really important that they know that they've done their due diligence and that other people have had really great experiences working with them. And so having that social proof shows not just to a consumer, but even to a realtor themselves, that they operate at a very high level and they're willing to put that out to the entire world because they know when they work with the with their clients that they're working with them at the best and highest level, looking out for their best interests at all times. Well said, considering you said you had nothing to say about it. I know, I stayed true to form. And I just want to briefly, briefly touch on AI. So tools like ChatGBT, by no means do I think that agents or brokers should be relying on this for copywriting or descriptions or content development or blog writing or articles. But I do think it is a time saver when it comes to quick ideas, generating lists, creating systems, uh, creating tools for the team, uh, brainstorming activities. And I think it can be a huge time saver. And in that regard, I think it's an awesome tool for new school and old school agents to explore because I certainly think there's a way to leverage it so that you can move through things more swiftly and easily. And I know that certainly now I use it enough to be like, oh my gosh, how did we ever survive without ChatGBT or predictive analytics or predictive writing or tools like Grammarly or Google Docs that often do a lot of your grammar cleanups for you. So I certainly love it for that reason. And I think you want to work with agents that are leveraging new things like this because the future is coming and it's coming fast. And I think exploring with these new trends and these new technologies is really important because it's certainly going to influence the way businesses practice, um, how systems are created, and then it's definitely going to impact the real estate industry for sure. 100%. And it's constantly evolving as well. Like you look at uh, Google that just released their Gemini AI platform, which supposedly is 30 to 40% better than ChatGBT. So there's going to be continuous changes. And I think the better that you're able to stay on the forefront of those changes, the better you're able to leverage your time and your true expertise so that you can better serve your, your, your clients. And I think the consumers will only stand to benefit from not having their agents bogged down with things they shouldn't be spending their time on. Yep, I love it. I'm super open to embracing it. Can't wait to see what comes down the pipelines in the next year or two. And I definitely don't want to become an agent or a broker that just won't adapt to something new. And I'm not like part of the young, young generation in this business anymore, but I'm certainly not in dinosaur age. I'm sort of in the middle, you know, the Goldilocks years, let's call them. (laughs) So... I definitely want to be very open-minded to these things and experiment with them as much as possible. And if it can service our clients better and make their experience better, then I'm all for it. Awesome. So let's talk about digital presence. Huge, huge, huge. So you briefly spoke, Ralph, about social proof. Yes. Could not agree more. So you use the analogy of a hairdresser, one million percent. If somebody is going to recommend a new hairdresser for me, particularly a hair colorist, the first thing, cutting, I can live. Color, not so much. Blonde, even more. Whole other topic. (laughs) And we won't get into your stories about that, Ralph. Not today. No, 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 no. So 
if I'm going to be looking at somebody in the service industry for something like that, which is very personal to people and personalized, I am 1 million percent going to sleuth them online and look at their online reviews. I'm going to 1 million percent look at their Instagram profile, maybe their Facebook, and check out their website. So agents out there that are... And what about about their YouTube page, Corey? I don't know if I would for hair colorists, but let's just say... Well, before and afters. I'd probably look at their reels, but that's just me. All right. Yeah, maybe you're right. So... Agents out there that are not embracing these tools, uh, it's crazy. It's just crazy, crazy that you're not. Um, But this also is an exceptional way for us to, yes, tell our story. Of course, it's a really important part of our business. But what we're really trying to do is tell our selling clients stories by showcasing their properties at their highest and best light using these tools. So I cannot tell you how important Instagram is to our business. This is a huge piece of Fox Marin, and this is a huge chunk of the seller's story. This is an opportunity for us to show short video. It's an opportunity for us to showcase the top 10 photos, tell Instagram stories, Instagram story stories. Is that even an expression? (laughs) We're going to um, highlight uh, open houses, and then we're going to be able to provide all of those details and access information to longer form video and the website and the MLS number and all the things that clients are looking at when they are perhaps searching for a property or perhaps not searching for a property, but then they see it and then think, oh my gosh, I would love to live here. So I can't even begin to tell you how important social media is. And you have to remember buyers and consumers and sellers out there that people are searching for properties on the go. They're not looking at, you know, printed out mail outs. They're not looking necessarily on their desktop. They're literally searching for their next property while they're standing in line at Starbucks and they're swiping left, whether they're on their House Sigma app or their Realtor.ca app or their Instagram account. They are just looking for the next visual stimulus to get them to stop, read, and move into action. So that is why we personally spend so much time, money to really prepare properties for sale because we want them to romance the potential prospect and have them stop in their tracks and want to know more. So it's the lack of online presence, particularly in the social media realm, just blows my mind. And anyone who's not leveraging those tools definitely goes into the dinosaur category. It also makes you wonder like, why are they hiding and what are they hiding? Right. And I can tell you for someone like myself or yourself, Corey, speaking for the both of us, when you put yourself out there, it also holds you to a higher level of accountability and to higher level of standards. And I think either consciously or subconsciously, when somebody's looking to work with somebody, they're going to want to see that. And so I think knowing that you are digitally native to the landscape of real estate and willing to put yourself out there and show your work, I think really elates a high level of confidence and consistency. And those are two real appealing things when you're looking to have somebody give you advice and represent you for what could be the largest transaction or transactions they may ever make. To add on to that, it's really valuable to me when I'm looking at any services website, for example, that A, it's responsive, which means that it translates to both mobile and desktop. I would like it to not be a 
template. So customized, amazing, not something that let's say a brokerage produces a landing page for an agent and then they use that landing page for the next 20 years of their career. Like no, custom website with content where they're adding value to the consumer or their client. Please, oh my gosh, if you're looking for agents when you're on their website, when was the last time they updated their blog post? When was the last time they updated their social media? When was the last time they updated their photo? Very important (laughs) (laughs) because there's many of you out there, agents, and there's other professions that do this too that are using their photo from 25 years ago. And guys, telling you right now, if I ever do that, look at my face right now. This is pretty realistic to what I look like. If I'm still using this look in 20 years, somebody just send me a message and be like, it's time to update the picture, please. That's when your AI avatar will be talking in your 30-year-old self. Oh, yeah. 30-year-old self. Oh, yeah. That's good. Okay. I like that. That works. And so, updated blog posts, updated content. Like, this is huge. And anytime I go onto an agent's website, if I'm searching for their cell phone number or something, I'm like, oh my God, has this person even like done a deal in the last 15 years? Because they're still using like their Remax, you know, one pager that was given to them when they signed their brokerage contract, when they just got out of the Orea real estate school and got their diploma. So these are also clues as to how active your agent is and how much they invest in their business. Something that's really important, and it, I hammer this home, and I really got affected uh, when I read Steve Jobs's biography by Isaacson. And in it, he talked about in a certain section where in the inside of an Apple computer, he would drive all the engineers nuts mm-hmm. because the computer had to be beautiful from the inside out. And consumers can smell things that aren't perfect. And when you have mistakes or sloppiness or carelessness on the inside, it translates on the outside. And so when I look at a business, service, a brand, I want to see attention to detail. Mm -hmm. I want to see that that blog has been updated on their website or just take the goddamn blogs right (laughs) off it. But to leave something that's three years old, if they're they're going to be that careless and lazy with their name, with their brand and the way they present themselves, how are they going to be when they represent you? And so I think it's a real important thing to think about uh, when you're looking at working with somebody and when you work with somebody to make sure that they're very focused on the details and it is the details that matter and it is the details that all add up. Yes. And this can be for any generation in the business, younger, middle, older. I don't think, I think we're stereotyping saying it's always older, but I think this applies to everyone across the board, everybody. And this is why Grammarly and predictive analytics is so helpful so that you can pick up on all those little errors on the way. So easy. So, so easy. Ralph, how much do you use Grammarly? A lot. And now you can officially spell dinner, right? Can Can you spell right now? I I don't know. I don't have my Grammarly on working. I need AI. (laughs) For our viewers out there, Ralph always spells dinner like diner. I'm like, there's two N's. I know. know. It's that second N that always gets me. (laughs) I'm like, diner? What is he talking about? Oh, my god. Nobody's perfect, Corey. No. Anyway. But you're beautiful from the inside out, just like Steve Jobs' computer. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I eat well, too. (laughs) Except for those chocolate chip cookies, which you're notorious for. Ah, yes. But that's another topic. Totally another topic. By the viewers, if they've even made it this far at this point. They're like, oh, my. Don't really need to be hearing about (laughs) 
if anybody's listening, if they can just put chocolate chip cookies in the comment section, I'd really appreciate it. Or the best chocolate chip cookies in Toronto. Yeah, what your what your version of that would be. And where we get it. And Craig's cookies, no. That's just definitely not the top end of our palette. So let's just see what you can do. And maybe there'll be a gift card in it for somebody. <laughs> a little test. Okay. Okay, video content, video content. So we talked about it a little bit. So there is a reluctance for um, older agents or maybe shyer agents to engage in video, which we both agree is more crucial than ever before, including social media, including YouTube, and including things like Spotify or Google Podcasts. Ralph, do you want to speak to this and why it is so important right now? I just think it's really important because when you're in a business that's a people-oriented business, such as the one that we are in, it's really important to be able to connect with people. And it's really important to be able to tell your own story. And people don't read anymore. Attention spans are down to less than a goldfish, I think seven seconds or less at this point. And the people that do read when they read, they're not even believing they're reading anything because they think they're reading ChatGBT or Gemini or Bard or one of the uh, millions of AIs that are out there. So I think it's really important to just be able to put yourself out there. It's really terrifying. It gets to a point after you've done it long enough where you kind of are just like, ah, it's just another, it's another, it's another thing. It's another part of me. It's who I am. If somebody doesn't like me for my good looks, then that's their prerogative <laughs> or charming personality. But that's that's up to them. This is who I am. We work really, really, really hard and we look after our clients and hopefully that really comes through in everything that we do and say. And that to me matters more than people judging me for my rugged good looks or lack thereof. Up to you, People viewers. love your videos, Ralph. Our videos. Well, Corey. you're crushing it. I don't know if they love um, me as much on YouTube as they love you, but you're so smart well, and awesome. So you're killing it. And I think... Uh, you have a lot of love on Instagram. <laughs> And at home. <laughs> the other thing, too, about video and the reason it's so important is that clients get to f that feeling that they get to know you before they reach out to you. And I definitely think this is true. And I mean, anybody that I follow, and if I ever met them, I think I would almost have be starstruck a little bit, actually, by some of the people that I follow. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I've been following you for so long. I feel like I know you when I would be like jittery. But um, I think it's really, really important for people just to see that they're matching the energy of this person. They feel like they can trust them. If somebody can put themselves out on video, oh my gosh, they can almost do anything. They're superheroes if they can put themselves out on video, in my opinion, because it is a very vulnerable space. And I think it's a really great way to connect with people and build rapport before you actually have that first meeting. And it does make everything feel so much more effortless. And I can say from being in this business a long period of time, the easiest clients to work with are ones where you already have an established trust before you go hunting for a new home or selling their property, whether that's that they were referred to you by somebody that you know really well, so there's already an established trust, or they are a friend of yours, obviously, or you've had some banter and back and forth over time. And so by the time they're ready to transact, there's already kind of a pseudo friendship built out, built out that just makes it so much easier versus somebody that you've never met before that maybe like reached out online from... Google or from our website. You've never met this person before. You have no connection with them. There's nobody that knows this person. 
We don't know each other at all. And then it takes like, I would say, maybe two months sometimes to feel like you can just be at ease and there is like a natural trust and trust is everything in this business. So it is so much easier when you can do a lot of that sort of behind the scenes work by exploring video as an avenue for people to get to know you first. And I think, again, not to stereotype, this does not just apply to the dinosaur age. This applies to all ages across the industry through so many different verticals and services out there beyond real estate, for sure. Well said. Thank you. I concur. Good. Well, usually we're on the same page. Generally. Generally. Okay. Data-driven approaches. This is something I really noticed so much when I came into real estate. So before I was in real estate, I was an account manager and I lived in Excel spreadsheets. I lived in PowerPoint presentations and I lived in the numbers. And when I first came into the business in real estate, it just didn't seem data-centric. Like things were not stories were not told using numbers. It was just like, ah, I think your place is worth this. Ah, I think you should offer this. And it was just like throwing a dart out there and people were just showing up and trying to negotiate. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, why are we not proving to the buyer what they should offer? And why are we not proving to the seller what they should list for using a spreadsheet versus just pulling some comps off of MLS. So we all have become really well-versed in kind of my style of doing this. So spend hours doing an analysis. I come up, I'm like, I feel so good about this. I know exactly what I think it's worth on paper. And this is the range it's going to sell for. This is the low end of the range. This is the top end. This is the middle ground. This is what I think it should be listed for. And this is why. And I'll have like beautiful colored spreadsheet. And anyone who's worked with me from my past corporate life will know that my spreadsheets are always the prettiest of the prettiest spreadsheets. They're pretty. And then Ralph, I'll be like, okay, Ralph, I've got my number. What do you think this property is worth? And remember, Ralph and I went to see the property together just the day before. And Ralph's be like, I don't know. I feel like it's worth like 2.1 million. I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> and I'll look at my spreadsheet and it will say 2.1 million on it. Yep. Bugger, like infuriating, infuriating. But I think it goes back to the fact that we generally agree on most things. We just come at it from different approaches. I know, but your approach is so much more fun. I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I could have just saved five hours of time if I could just go with the flow. But anyways, it's really important to have somebody who can do that. So we all agree with that. And it's important to have that back up um, in the case that sometimes there's discrepancies, which can happen from time to time. Oh, a lot of the time, for sure. Yeah. Okay, Ralph, why don't you speak, since you're a broker of record, technically, to the adoption in changes with legislation. For example, TRESA and the new forms and the rules and all this changing all the time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's changes, legislative changes, new forms coming in, it seems like almost monthly. And so you really need to stay on top of that. There are old Real Estate Brokers Act, REBA 2002, I'm going to say something like that. Uh, That was the last 
major legislation that has just had some minor adoptions over the years. It has now been completely overhauled by something called TRESA. The second leg of TRESA came into effect as of December 1st, and there is a whole whack of new changes, new forms that are becoming part of the process in transacting in real estate, as well as sellers having the option or opportunity to disclose prices deposits, conditions, but yet they can pull it back. And there's all kinds of forms and disclosures, really making everything a lot more complicated, at least from my lens, and not really that much changing other than just having a lot more confused realtors having to sign a lot more forms and confused consumers signing a lot of more documentation. But it's, again, the ability to continually stay up with all of these changes. And in many cases, actually stay ahead of those changes so that you can adopt and have your client's best interest always protected. Tressa, I have to say, intimidates me all these changes. Well, the good thing is, is we have somebody coming in on Wednesday to uh, talk to the whole team just to make sure we're all on board with it. But that's how important it is to continually make that effort because probably in a couple of years from now, again, it'll be a completely different way that real estate has evolved and transacted from a legislative form procedural standpoint. It will constantly be evolving in parallel, right, with technology. And so it's important to stay on top of these changes. Yes. This doesn't really relate to Trusa, but this relates to updates in technology. I remember at my old, old brokerage, when I was newer in the business, there was an update to the MLS system, which is the way that we all use, agents use to search properties and then upload their listings. And look at different things like market analytics and things like that. And in the back end of MLS is literally the most clunky dated thing you could possibly imagine. Like you'd think, I cannot believe DOS. it's 2023 back there. DOS 1990. Yeah, like it's bad. But yeah. we are in this new world right now. So there are some agents that still act like it is 1981 and they're doing things that are traditional marketing methods that were used back then because we didn't have access to the digital world. I think another thing that the older school mentality may or may not do is rely too much on MLS as being the only way to market yes. property. And then once the so listing goes this up... Is such a, this is such an important point. So I think you really need to stress okay. this. So I think a lot of older school agents or newer school lazy agents, what they do is they get a listing... They may or may not get professional photos done. They may or may not try to write a description, but whatever it is, they slap the listing up on MLS. And this is the system that you see for Realtor.ca. So those are the two things. MLS mirrors Realtor.ca, your search tool. And their only marketing engine or tool is MLS. And they put the listing up there and then they just hope one day something will happen and the property will sell. They don't do anything beyond the MLS itself. They don't even bother changing the photos around or price change or description change, nothing. They just slap it up there and hope for the best. Whereas I feel us and a lot of contemporary agents will spend a lot of time going well, well, well beyond the world of MLS to make sure your story is told. And that's with international advertising, with social media, with a landing page, with short videos, with long videos, with YouTube and Vimeo and Instagram reels and TikTok. And like, just, I want the property to be 
everywhere. And I don't even want to just be advertising in Toronto. I want to be advertising in Calgary. I want to be advertising in Halifax. I want to be advertising in Vancouver. I want people who may be moving to Toronto to know about your property as well. So it's so important to go beyond just the MLS reach because it's actually quite limited. And most of the time, people will see your property from some other syndication or vehicle outside of MLS and then come to MLS as the hub for the the facts. They'll come there almost at the I end. Like, I like the way you did the hub. They'll come. Really accentuated that. MLS is the hub, right? The hub, hub, hub. Okay. So I think that's huge. Also, a lot of old school agents just use dated copywriting and they just spew out like the most obvious things like hardwood flooring, large windows, soaring ceilings, private driveway. Your urban oasis. Your urban oasis. The things that you can see in the photos with your eyeballs, you do not need to write in the description. <laughs> right? Like if you can see it in the photos, yeah, like so why true. are you just repeating it in the copywriting? The copywriting. There's no reason. Pardon? There's no reason. There's no reason. The copywriting is supposed to romance the potential buyer prospect or the buyer's parents or somebody. It's supposed to be enticing, interesting. Wants, it gets you engaged. It makes you want to know more. Even if you think the copywriting's weird, that's better than it being boring, right? Yeah, I'd rather be weird than boring. I'd way rather be weird than boring. So, would you rather freeze to death or burn to death? Freeze. Oh my God, is that even a question? What would you pick? Freeze. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 100% freeze. Universe, if you're listening to this. I don't think I've ever asked you that question before. Oh, I don't think you have either, but I didn't even have to like hesitate. <laughs> Burning to death no. is awful. Yeah, it's terrible. Please, universe, no. I'm all, I'm all no. about the freeze. You just pass out. Take a nap. <laughs> just shiver. I think you fall asleep first. In the uh, Titanic, he sort of, I don't know if he drowned like when Leonardo floated away <laughs> or did he just... Did he just freeze to death because it was so cold? The way it was just had this look. <laughs> he just kept moving down and down and down. I'm not sure. I, I don't know why I thought of that. That's really weird. I was thinking of more of like one of those like old plane crash movies where they all like crash in like the oh, Antarctica yeah. or something and it's just awful. We eat each other. <laughs> yes. Wasn't Ethan Hawke <laughs> in one of those movies? I think so. <laughs> Okay, we're getting way off topic. Way, we, way This off. is why we need Back Ian Busher here to keep us on track. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, other old school methods would include traditional photography. So just literally the most, the cheapest photographer people can find if they hire a photographer or they do the pictures themselves. Yeah, on their iPhones. Yes, if they know how to use an iPhone. Um, yeah. No staging. On their Blackberries. Oh, yeah. Blackberry did love that thing. They were good. They were really good. You could throw that thing anywhere and like it would survive, unlike my current iPhone, which is completely smashed to death. But that's a oh, whole other story. Talk. Yeah, we can't go there. So traditional photography being just boring photography. And I'm like thinking of going into a room and taking each photo from one corner to another. So lots of angled photography. So full room, angle to angle. Yep. Another room, angle to angle. I, honestly, it's the most snoozy thing to look at. I need dimension when I look at photography. And I personally like more architectural style photography, photography that's been edited, perhaps a little photoshopped. And I definitely want to see a staged property or at least a decluttered property at like 
the bottom of the barrel or vacant even I would take over like a clutter clutter mess. So I think that is another sign of a dinosaur agent is traditional photography. And then the last one would be like the slideshow video where they don't even invest in a real video. And then they just have their brokerage take all their photos and then make like a moving slideshow. A moving collage. I like that. Yeah. With some music on the background. Not into that at all. So please. Yeah. So I think consumers, you should be demanding more from your agent. You want to be having more cinematic video done for your listings. And you definitely want to have short form video and long form video. And short form video is so important because as Ralph mentioned, nobody has an attention span anymore. So people need that quick hit. And again, I want them to dive in and look for more information after getting that quick hit in that shorter video. And oftentimes our reels on Instagram will get 12,000, 15,000, 23,000 views on them. That's a lot of eyeballs on your property in a 60 second video. And that is what an agent's responsibility is. So the dinosaurs out there are not using these tools and the tools are out there for us to capitalize and tell a creative, amazing story to sell a property. I think for me, the big one is where you have these agents just running around with everything is templated. We talked a little Mm -hmm. bit about that on the website end, but templated collateral, templated, everything is templated basically by the brokerage and then it's all just cut and paste. And I think that is more indicative of a time where you had individual agents working under a large brokerage brand, thinking that that was the way to give the best service to their clients following their templated proven nine steps to success. And so I think today consumers want more as as they do in every industry and from other professionals that they hire and they always want a curated experience and they want information to be presented to them in a curated manner as if it was just for them, not templated in the same way that that old way of marketing and advertising, I did this managed in sales and we're in this diamond club and the handshake club and the golden chain club. And we're in all these clubs and we just sit around and just shake each other's hands all day and look at how great we are. People don't respond to that. People want to know why they should work with somebody and what that person's going to do for them and how they're going to curate, curate, specialize that experience for them. And that's really what the consumers deserve. And so anytime I see anything that's templated, which is most of the time in our business, I, I, I generally cringe because I think people want to be, as you said earlier, Corey, romanced and they want to have the experience as though they are the only one taking in this information as if the information was just for them. Are you referencing like real estate awards when you talk about the gold chain award? Yeah, I just made it up. Like they have the Diamond Club, which was what I first referenced. And then I thought I'd get a little creative (laughs) and I couldn't really think of anything else. The Chairman Club. Yeah, there's the Chairman Club. There's the Diamond Club. There's the Triple Diamond Club. There's the just lots of clubs out there. Yes. Award-winning club, the this club. So I'm just saying that that really isn't really what people care about anymore. Nor should they. Let's talk about how old school agents or the dinosaurs don't necessarily treat their business like a business. And sometimes, not always, so I just don't want to be told that I'm an ageist. Anybody out there in the comment section, please. 
is they might not be as, as well. Stated, as stated earlier, you're halfway in, halfway out. You're in the middle. So totally in the how middle. could you be an agent? And this is why we strategically didn't bring young people from our team onto this podcast because they would just mock us the entire time. <laughs> so some of them, some of them are older in here than I feel we are. So true. Okay. So a lot of the time this particular agent style does not want to invest in their infrastructure or their marketing or their client appreciation or their outreach. Do you agree with that, Ralph? Yeah. I remember when you first got in the business, you were working with uh, this big Forest Hill agent and he wouldn't spend, he was, he had like $4 million listing and he wouldn't spend for colored feature sheets listings. No, feature sheets. Yeah, God rest his soul. No, may he rest in peace. He would photocopy the colored well, features. He's, he's not alive anymore. No, I so know, but I was like dumbfounded and so embarrassed was, because I had to stand yeah. at the open house and pass this shit out, which is what it was. And he was very old school. But he would literally photocopy the colored feature sheet in black and white That's, on the Xerox machine and then staple it and then pass that out. I'm like, oh my God, this is so bad. So yes, I completely agree. I think being able to offer your clients, infrastructure, um, and having the people, the processes, the systems, the marketing in place to give them the highest possible chance at the highest, best possible outcome in a seamless matter is going to matter more and more and more. And the people trying to get by with the bare minimum, trying to not spend uh, any money uh, on their clients or on their listings, those are the ones who are going to get hurt and are getting hurt in a downward market because people really, the commissions are high, the stress is high in, in counterbalance to that, but people really deserve to have the best. And I think more and more you're seeing teams operating as full businesses really dominating the marketplace and taking over those individual agents who just don't have the resources, don't have the time, and they're just right basically running around from deal to deal versus the actual business model with systems and processes in place that can truly look after their clients from beginning to end. There would be no possible way oh my gosh. that we could run our business or provide the client experience that we do without our team. And without the no. systems behind it, there's just no pop. There's just not enough hours in the day. And every day things are moving faster and faster and faster. And the expectations to respond become faster and faster and faster. And the layers of paperwork, documentation of new social platforms, the need to consistently be posting the paperwork, the guidance, it's, it's unbelievable. Even the time it takes just to drive across the city to do a showing is an hour commitment sometimes each way. So there, there's only so many hours in the day and there's only so many resources an individual has. And that's another aspect of these agents who just don't understand that this is a business and don't give it that respect to treat it as a business. And ultimately, the consumers and their clients suffer, which in turn means that they start to lose out on market share and slowly start to phase out of the business, which is exactly what is taking place right now. I like that you emphasize that with the mic. Sometimes I feel if I talk into it, I can accentuate a point. <laughs> but then I notice my hairline and a little bit of shine on the forehead here. So it's probably something I shouldn't do. And I remind myself of that periodically. Well, no one is analyzing you as much as one analyzes themselves. That's true. It's a sad irony in life, isn't it? Yes, it is. 
So we spoke about teams. I completely agree with that. I want to just talk about something else that is kind of, I guess, an older school philosophy to score business, which would be something that we would never do. Oh my gosh, just the idea of this just like blows my mind. But like really bullying you know, your friends and your family and stalking your neighbors, maybe doing some door knocking and just trying to like bully people into being your client. This is 100% an old school methodology in terms of- Social guilt. Social guilt. Oh my God, I just can't even imagine. Um, Versus the concept of being an expert, being an expert in your area, telling your story, your value add, sharing in your client success stories, all those awesome things. And it just blows my mind to think that people still attempt that kind of method to try to engage with new potential clients. And this is something I would never do. And there's just uh, one last thing that I wanted to add in uh, before we wrap up is, you know, it's really important, the style of communication uh, and the speed with which one communicates. A lot of the old school, quote unquote, agents uh, won't even put their cell phones on their listings. That is just such an important thing to be able to do because when you are hired to sell a property, you should be out there trying to sell that property 24 hours a day. Yes, we get paid a lot, but there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that that should be respected. And when somebody's interested in the property, they should get an immediate response. We have a saying, it's an old saying in real estate, time kills deals. And People, as we said earlier, have very short attention spans. And if somebody, an agent, a buyer, somebody from the public has an inquiry about one of your listings, you are obligated to A, be reachable, and B, to be getting back in touch with them in a very short period of time. And there's a lot of agents where you have to page them or call the office, and then they send an email, and then you don't hear back, and then your client's moved on to something else. And Uh, It becomes really, really prohibitive. So I think understanding, especially a lot of the younger buyers out there from the internet generation, really, really, really expect real-time answers to things when they have questions, and they will get very frustrated if you're not there to provide that information. So one of the great ways, if you're thinking about hiring an agent, see how easy it is to get their contact and see how quickly they respond back. And if anybody out there wants to try me, just text me at 11 o'clock at night and see what happens. I will be sleeping. You'll get a response from me. You'll get a response from you. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's so true. It's actually asinine to think that people don't put their cell phones on their listing or anywhere for that matter. And if you want to reach the agent, then you have to go onto their templated, dated brokerage landing page and then fill out a form even though you're like, I just want to reach out to you about your listing. And then maybe you might hear back from this agent or maybe not at all. It's just wild to me. And for our viewers out there, you know, when it comes to response time, it's so important to both Ralph and myself and the team. And anytime we have a property on the market, we have everybody in a group chat and Olivia, who's our awesome, kick-ass, amazing listing coordinator. If Ralph, Love Olivia. she's the best. And if... And I just leaned in again and said Yeah, that that was for emphasis because that means you mean it. And if Ralph or myself or anyone else in the team that's, you know, engaged with this listing is unavailable for whatever reason, Olivia responds. And I'm telling you, like, we think we respond 24-7. She really, truly does work seven days a week. 
And she's always available like 14 hours a day, it feels like seven in the morning or, you know, nine o'clock at night, she's working and she's the best. So it's so imperative, not only for potential prospects and buyers out there, just for our sellers to know what's going on and our buyers to be up to speed with what's happening with market realities too. So communication is big time. And if your agent is still on that BlackBerry, then I would be concerned. And there's actually one other thing I just wouldn't mind adding to this conversation is, and it's something you want to suss out when you're considering working with an agent, is there's a very big different approach going back to the communication topic with negotiation. And a lot of these old school agents or agents who think with an old school mindset think that bullying or trying to belittle or trying to tear down somebody or some property or their client is an effective way to have a positive outcome in a transaction. And that's just, it might have been the case at one point in time, but that's just not the case as it is now. And if you look at a lot of the real successful agents that are out there, generally they're very easy to talk to, very level-headed and down-to-earth. And sometimes, you know, I'll get these calls or have these conversations with old school minded agents and sometimes they can be very young and they're trying to use these bully tactics and being super aggressive or dismissive and it is so unhelpful to the process and so from a negotiation standpoint i've always found that those that come in trying to create a win-win and trying to understand where the other side is coming from and how best to address their needs while advocating for your client as staunchly as possible to get them the best opportunity possible. It can be done. And those are the ones that if there's a hiccup or a hitch, it doesn't end up in the lawyer's hands. Everybody ends up finding some type of resolve and working together. And so it's really important. And it's often it's too late. You know, when you're working with an agent, you can't even don't even really get to know them, but you're not there necessarily on the phone hearing them ranting and screaming and trying to show their ego to sort of get whatever it is they feel that they are entitled to get either on your behalf or their behalf. And you're just listening going, oh my God, I feel so terrible for these guys, this, guy's, this agent's clients yes. because he's doing them such a great disservice because this is just going to get my sellers back up and the, the whole deal is just going to fall apart. Or sometimes you just don't even want to talk to this person or deal with this person um, because you know it really isn't going to end up well for anybody. And so you don't want to be that agent, but more importantly, you don't want to hire somebody who's going to represent you with that type of mindset. It is not going to get you any further in a market like this. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice, Ralph, and an awesome, awesome, awesome way to conclude our discussion about old school versus new school, dinosaur versus the new birdie. <laughs> What's a baby dinosaur called? A baby Tyrannosaurus Rex? Sure. Let's run with that. Well, that's an awesome, awesome, awesome place for us to wrap up. Thank you so much, Ralph. It was great chatting with you. And I'm probably, so I'll probably chat with you over dinner tonight. Probably. And we could talk about this podcast. <laughs> Can you wear your green hoodie? Yes. And I, just, I don't think we talk about work enough. So just in case we need to catch up on that, we can. Omnipresent. Omnipresent. So that does officially wrap up our discussion on why older agents are often viewed as 
dinosaurs. And we've explored the impact of technological shifts, evolving marketing practices, and the importance of adapting to the needs of the diverse clientele out there. Remember, the real estate industry is continuously evolving and staying adaptable and informed is key to success, regardless of your age or your experience level. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning into the Toronto Real Estate Podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. Until next time, please keep innovating. My name is Corey Marin. Contact us anytime. We're super nice. Ralph, how do you always like to conclude? I like to conclude by saying this. Thank you for watching us again. We absolutely love, 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 love you. Even more importantly, we love to hear from you. And please be sure to smash that subscribe button or like button. And uh, we will see you on the flip side next week. Be safe out there. uh, And we look forward to seeing you again. Thanks, everybody. Bye.